everyone. I'm Becky. And this is Claire. And welcome to another episode of Podway. Woo! So in this podcast, we discuss things related to musical theaters and plays. And in today's episode, we will be discussing and Juliet. So this is a jukebox musical, and it's a retelling of Romeo and Juliet, with the premise that Juliet didn't commit suicide during the famous play, but instead she moved on with her life. So what exactly did life have in store for her? I'm not specifying anymore at this stage. Um, I think usually I do more. And that is because I want to highly, highly urge you guys, if you haven't like had the chance to watch it live or through other means um, that we do not condone necessarily, um, I would really, really recommend doing or giving a watch beforehand just because it's such an amazing experience and describing it in words or just like even listening to the cast recording doesn't do it justice by any means. Um, so he, this is your time. This is your cue to watch it and then come back. Please come back. <laughs> Um, this has very, very brief history because the show itself only came out in 2019. There was a little bit of a disruption in 2020, as I'm sure you all remember until very recently. So, uh, this portion will be very short and sweet. Um, the musical debuted, as I said, in October 2020, uh, 2019. So very, very close to when the pandemic started. Um, and it debuted in Manchester. Then it was transferred to West End uh, November 2019, so literally within a month, which is amazing. Um, the show itself received very good reviews. It was nominated for nine Lawrence Olivier Awards, and it won three of them. It also um, got a premiere in Canada, a North America premiere. It is transferring to Broadway, and I believe there is also an Australian tour coming up. So clearly more and more countries uh, will have the luxury of seeing the musical, just like we did. We went to see Angeliet in person two days ago. Do you want to talk a little bit about experience, Claire? Sure. I was really excited about it because last time I went to see anything in the theater, it was <laughs> Jesus Star Super wait, wait, what? Just start Superstar. <laughs> and that wasn't a very good experience in general. So I was really excited to go back to see something in the theater. Judging from a poster, and I've talked to this with Becky, the, the poster looks nothing too spectacular. It has this like shiny pink color and it literally doesn't tell you anything. Like yep. there is nothing. So I didn't really know what to expect. And I saw the plot literally says, what happens when Julia is not dead? And I'm like, okay, so cliche, like, okay, Roman and Julia is already a very overdone theme. And it's not like that interesting, judging from that one line anyways. So I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, I have really low expectation. I'm just not going to have any too high in my expectation. Because last time I was like, having a lot of expectation and and us being a little bit disappointing. So this time I'm just going to do it the opposite way. But it ends up being really, really nice. We arrived early, which I'm glad we did. Um, I think for the most part, the audience was very respectful. Aside Mm -hmm. from the beginning of the show when people were still entering after maybe the second you say beginning but it was really not the (laughs) beginning that was really really rude yeah and we have to like stand up and and stuff like it was not the best but after that everything was really good and was perfect it was a lot of it was very concert like too I think um so I I think so like with all the know sometimes they shoot out all these like shiny paper-ish thing or like they have like this like smoke coming out and stuff like I feel like it was very 
engaging. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That, yeah. that is definitely the way I put it. Like I, when you say concert and with the context of a musical, six definitely comes to mind. This read to me like a very traditional musical, um, that is a spectacle, a spectacle musical. Oh yeah. No, Something no, no. that I is a jukebox about- musical or like, a. Mamma Mia, like we discussed before, we compare it actually extensively, yeah. especially me, to Mamma Mia. So um, definitely gave me very, very like high spectacle jukebox, mm-hmm. which is what it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. And before the musical itself that we went to see on Friday, um, what was your familiarity level with Angeliet? Nothing. Nothing at all. Okay, (laughs) cool. Um, That would pretty much match my experience. I knew a little bit about it. I heard a lot of people online talking very excitedly about Angeliet. And um, like Claire said, we discussed it before and we each came to like the conclusion that the show is going to be meh because of the poster. And we're very, very pleasantly surprised. Now we understand the hype, I'm sure. Um, So I had a little bit of an idea that it was like a very beloved musical. But I didn't know anything about like the plot, which I'm glad I didn't know. I listened to um, the cast recording, obviously, before, as I always do. And I was like, oh, it's a jukebox musical. So I recognize pretty much every song besides like maybe one or two, which also made me feel like, oh, what can they possibly do with this? It's not that unique or special. And I was very wrong. Um, I think in general, like having coming to a musical with like relatively realistic or low expectations can only give you like a better experience if the musical blows you away with like how good it is um so I'm kind of glad that it happened that way and as Claire mentioned we had a great time it was a really really good show in terms of the cast in terms of the performances um the spectacle portion of it the crowd even except for what you mentioned um so yeah a great experience Okay, so um, should we dive into the summary? Sure. Okay, so the musical opens with the cast introducing William Shakespeare. Shakespeare is writing Romeo and Juliet at the time when his wife, Anne Hathaway, interferes. Did you know beforehand that her name was Anne Hathaway? Nope. Okay, I remember, um, I think it was grade 10 or grade 11 when we did either Romeo and Juliet or um, Macbeth. And uh, we were discussing a little bit of Shakespeare's personal history. And the fact that his wife's name is Anne Hathaway came up and literally the entire class was in stitches. They're laughing and they're like, oh my God, Anne Hathaway, like the Anne Hathaway. So they definitely played that joke up during the musical quite a bit. Mm -hmm, For sure. So she wants to rewrite the original depressing ending of the story, which I'm sure you all already know. If you don't, we actually covered Romeo and Juliet musical version of it. I think it was like a French musical. Claire has very uh, close ties with it. So it's worth a watch or a listen in this case. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) Though I'm assuming that you would say it's worth a watch as well, like the musical itself. I think you'll disagree. But yes, that's what I would say. Yes, perfect. So either way, you're covered. So obviously, Shakespeare is not really all about the idea of rewriting his beloved play. He likes to have the control. But after a good deal of convincing, he finally agrees. So Anne makes the changes to the end of the story where Romeo still commits suicide, um, but Julia doesn't. So after Romeo's death, Juliet goes back to her parents, who, due to the recent events uh, she was involved with, um, decide to send her to a nunnery. 
Before leaving, though, Romeo has a funeral where it was evident that he was a little bit of a floozy and he had many girls crying over his grave and all of them pretty much like recount identical experiences to the one that Juliet had down to pretty much like the same words and phrases that he used on her. Um, so that was a little bit of a blow for her. Juliet obviously really doesn't want to go to the nunnery um, and because of that she runs away with her nurse uh, whose name is Angelique and her two friends who are called May and April and they all go to Paris. So April for context is Anne's self-insert into the story so um, there is a lot of duality between them like April is cognizant that she's also Anne. We Can discussed explain what like who May is? I will later on. Okay. <laughs> is that okay? <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. I just okay. don't want people to be confused. Oh, the reason why it's later on, it's because when it enters relevancy, okay. it will be closer to the context. But thank you for watching out for me. So we also discussed this, but during Write a Cyclone, we were both snubbed because they didn't have any kid who was a Taurus or a Cancer. But Angeliet got us both covered. They had both a May and July um, so I think the show has our best interest at heart. Um, to go to Paris, the group takes a carriage ride, and the driver is actually Shakespeare's self-insert into the story, um, and he will be also more relevant later. Upon their arrival, though, the group sees a ball, and they would really like to attend it. They don't have an invitation. The ball is for Francois, who henceforth will be known as Frankie. So Frankie's dad, Lance, pressures him to get married and poses him with an ultimatum, either get married or go serve in the army. The group sneaks into the ball where they get to unwind a little bit, have some fun. And during the ball, Frankie and May share a brief cute moment before going their separate way. Juliet and May reconvene in the bathroom where May reveals that they were very shaken by the encounter. They believe that they are not meant to have a romance and hint, at least that's how I interpreted it, that it's due to their identity as non-binary. Then we cut to Frankie, who plays on his virginette angstily when Juliet introduces herself and the two bond over having overbearing parents. After Juliet disrespects Frankie's dad, he realizes they snuck in and weren't actually invited to the ball. And Juliet asks her friends to distract Lance. And that's when we find out that Lance and Angelique know each other from before already. So obviously Lance is actually distracted by Angelique's sudden presence and the two of them run off together. Um, then the next day, we find out that they spend the night. Um, Angelique used to be a nurse under Lance's employee when they fell in love. Lance was already married, though. And because of that, Angelique decided to run away as far as she could to avoid the drama, which is how she ended up in Verona, involved in quite a lot of drama. <laughs> Lance is very much in love with her, but Angelique is still very resistant and she leaves him, leaves him in his room. Then we cut to Juliet waking Frankie up and kind of out of the blue, he proposes. I guess it makes sense considering the kind of pressure he's under. Um, so initially Juliet rejects him, but then her parents show up because they're tipped off by the carriage driver who was being very naughty. And they say they're here to take her to the nunnery. And because of that, she quickly changes her mind and decides to go through with the marriage after all. So their marriage is very much publicized and the wedding is scheduled for the next day. Shakespeare and Anne are kind of like removed from the story. They go in and out of the story at will constantly. There is not like a structured way or 
uh, portion where they do it. So when we refer to their character, we'll refer to the characters by April and the carriage writer, and otherwise they'll be Shakespeare and Anne. So in the real world, quote unquote, Shakespeare and Anne disagree about how the story should progress from here. Shakespeare wants to introduce some conflict. And in order to do so, because Anne is not really keen on that, um, he distracts Anne long enough for Frankie to run into May. The two share very strong chemistry and they also kiss. And by the end of act one, there is one final twist that is introduced. Shakespeare decides to revive Romeo so he can pursue after Juliet again. And um, that's kind of like when Anne comes back. It is evident that Anne squarely ships Frankie and Juliet, while Shakespeare is very much a Romeo and Juliet shipper. And that was the end of Act One. Act Two opens up with Romeo and Juliet meeting again. Romeo tries to patch things over pretty tactlessly. Um, and he finds out also that Juliet is engaged again. So she rejects Romeo because of that. Um, he really attempts to reconcile things and um, she asserts that she's very happy within her independence. She doesn't want him in her life again. Then we cut back to Shakespeare and Anne. The two continue to fight over the direction of the play. And finally, we get to the matter of the issue. So Anne really feels that Shakespeare cares more about his work than her and their kids. He doesn't give her any credits. He doesn't really care about her, um, in her opinion. And she decides to break the quill, which means that the characters are left to their own devices from now on. So Frankie and May discuss their situation. May wants to continue the relationship and fight for their love, but Frankie doesn't want to because he believes his father wouldn't approve of May. Um, he says what happened between May and him was a mistake and is resolved to continue with the wedding to Juliet. Shortly after, Romeo goes to see Juliet and the two have a heart to heart. So Romeo confesses that he um, never was anyone besides like kind of a floozy until she arrived and made him want to improve himself and commit more. Juliet affirms that while they were in love, she chooses Frankie because she wants a fresh start, which is something that she feels like she can't get from Romeo. Romeo asks her to look him in the eye and say that she doesn't love him to his face. And Juliet can't do that and instead averts her gaze and says that she can't love him. And after that, she leaves. Romeo is really heartbroken by that when the carriage driver, aka Shakespeare self-insert, hatches a plan to get both of them into Juliet's wedding. The two disguise themselves as member of the Dubois family, which is Frankie's family, and join the family band. Meanwhile, Lance is ready to propose to Angelique during Frankie's wedding, but Angelique is getting really frustrated and in the end proposes to Lance instead, which he accepts very happily. We cut to Juliet and April right before the wedding. Juliet confesses that she's still in love with Romeo and asks April for advice. April tells Juliet her life story, how she got married at 26 while her husband was 18. And the reason for that is because she was pregnant and they had to get married very quickly. They had a lot of obstacles they went through and she's not sure about their love anymore. And she, advised, she advises Juliet to not settle for anything and fight for her own happiness. Romeo and Shakespeare recruit May to uh, the band to perform before the wedding because they needed a fifth member. And when the performance ends, the wedding ceremony begins. Frankie vows fail to impress Juliet and Frankie stands up to his father finally and very publicly by choosing May instead and calling off the wedding. As a result of the wedding being called off, Juliet's parents want to take her to a nunnery yet again. Romeo then reveals his disguise and the whole situation kind of explodes. So Juliet's 
uh, asserting her independence to her parents and to Romeo, and then she runs away. Um, so after her disappearance, Frankie, Lance, and May have a heartfelt conversation in which Lance accepts both Frankie and May and asks for their forgiveness. Um, Juliet is also plagued with self-doubt, and she has her own heart-to-heart -heart, uh, heartfelt conversation with Angelique, in which Angelique says it's all right, she is perfect as she is. And after the conversation, Juliet is really galvanized to believe in herself and choose her own path in life. And then she disappears yet again. Uh, to wrap things up, Anne and Shakespeare discuss Anne feeling neglected and left out in favor of Shakespeare's work without much, as much as an acknowledgement from him. And as a result, Anne kind of regrets their marriage. And Shakespeare professes his love for Anne, and they decide to give it another go, while Romeo and Juliet also have um, their own kind of like kinks to go through and uh, smooth over. And they also reaffirm their love for one another, but they decide to give their love another go from the very beginning, from scratch. And the way that it comes out is a first date. And that's how the musical ends. Okay. <laughs> how do you want to tackle this? Do you have an idea? Do you want to start with the character or the song? Let's maybe talk about the songs as a whole mention what was our favorite so similar to what we did last time i think i think that worked for us okay. and then maybe we can go characters by characters or plot by plot element sure okay so as i mentioned before this is a jukebox musical and uh the type of music that's in here is very recent i'd have to say pop i say recent by modern standard standards of music not so much i feel like music gets old after like six months or a year at most if it's a very like long lasting song um this is mainly from like the late 90s to early 2010s um late 90s is squarely because of the boy bands like apart from the boy bands and maybe a little bit of britney spears that's like more early 2000 everything else is like uh early 2010s and yeah what was your favorite song out of the bunch so there are a lot of songs that i feel like was pretty good especially how they fit the songs in terms of the context of the show it was like a lot of creativity going on there mm -hmm. and a lot of times it was really funny but i think i comes from the huge bias but my favorite song's probably still gonna be it's my life by romeo <laughs> and that's also the outline closer i just thought it was so iconic it's a good song to begin with and mm -hmm. the fact that they inserted there to make romeo reappear will kind of bring him back from the dead i thought was hilarious yeah. so yeah that is definitely up there for me i think a lot of the emotional songs they have here. So, for example, the one that April and Juliet have together. I think that one's called Oh, That's the Way It Is. That's also mm -hmm. a song I'm very, very familiar with. But I thought it was a, that was pretty good as well. Um, I think Shape of My Heart was also really good. Honestly, a lot of the songs are good, especially when you can recognize it and you see how what they do with the song. It's always like a pleasant surprise. Be like, oh, that's interesting how they kind of trying to fit that in here. So. I'll say like for the songs, most of the part, it's not too bad. Like it's actually pretty impressive. But my only problem with the songs, it's really more about the vocal ability, to be honest, was um, with May. So sometimes mm -hmm. like he's a little bit off and you can see that he's struggling and you can see that he is affecting the people around him when they, especially when they are singing um, the chorus together. So for example, in a song Domino, but I guess 
what you said about oh there's always that extra room especially they're seeing live so we can be more forgiving has kind of changed how I see us I'm like okay not everything has to be perfect but if you mm-hmm. have to pick it like really really being really super picky um that would be the only thing yeah I agree I think we discussed this before I think we have a little bit of a conflict whether Domino was affected because of him I believe it was affected because of April because it already started off and April is the one who starts off the song um so in my opinion this time it wasn't his fault I'm sure he was like contributing factor but it wasn't only his fault and also I have to say in May's defense they were um they were very good in their own solo so like I'm not a girl not yet a woman they did a really good job in that one Mm-hmm. So I'm sure it will not surprise you. I have to say this, that I'm only familiar with It's My Life because of Glee. There was a very, very, very good cover of It's My Life on Glee. Listen to it. Um, but it's a very good choice. I agree. In terms of the live performances, like you discussed, I personally am okay with like not having everything to be perfect. Imagine how difficult it is. Eight days not days eight performances in seven days for the cast to do and still sound amazing and almost perfect in uh, almost all the songs I was very very impressed this is how I take things I completely understand you're paying good money or you want perfection you expect that that is also uh, nice and good um, for me it kind of feels like oh you know I'm not watching like a movie I'm not watching something that's like playback there is some imperfection for me it makes it like in a way even better as long as they're not egregious and they're just like a one-off like very very occasionally my song that I liked there are really a lot I like so many of these and I like them like holistically in terms of like I like the original song and I like how they were placed here a lot of these are my jam I love boy bands I love Britney Spears and Katy Perry they have a lot of these um inserted um into the numbers into this discography mm-hmm. so uh, I'm really really conflicted when we discussed this I said maybe I like blow the most Domino was kind of a shit show when they performed it they still looked like they were having a lot of fun this is the one that is stuck in my head now so I'm going to tentatively say Domino even though the performance itself was uh, a little bit like I just think that I'm a sucker for numbers where everybody is enjoying themselves, having fun. I mentioned a lot, but this really gave me um, severe, severe and critical Mamma Mia vibes to Dancing Queen, which is a number I love. So all of this together was a great moment for me. In Act 2, I really, really liked Problem Can't Feel My Face. And I forgot which song it is particularly, but the song where... April and Juliet had the discussion before the wedding ceremony. I thought it was very, very well done. Yeah, that's the that's the way it is, I think. Oh, okay, yeah. I problem can't feel my face is the one where Juliet and Romeo are singing to each other. Yeah. So I like that one. And then that's the way it is was also really well well done, I have to say. Yeah. Is there any song that you want to mention in particular besides like Domino where they had the issue or the one that is your favorite? It's my life. Is there something that like Oh, that was amazing, for example. Oh, I think Julia did Raw really good. Yes. Really, really well. Um, it was a good song to begin with. And then she did, she did it at, like such an empowering moment. So I loved it. And I 
also feel like I talked to you about this, but um, I wasn't a big fan of the sequence of Domino, Show Me Love and Blow, because to me, those are very similar. These are sort of like the party, feel good, cheer up song, and you have three of them in a row. So I feel like it was a little bit too repetitive, but it was like a feel good moment. I just thought it was a little bit over it, you know? Yeah. And I think we discussed this before. Uh, maybe I should stop saying it because it's probably like <laughs> understood, yeah. but it, it was exactly the opposite. So in act two, they had a lot of heart to hearts, a lot of like quiet moments all in a row. Like half of act two is like this. I prefer the act one <clears throat> when things are more high energy, things are more exciting in my opinion. So that's what I gravitate towards more there are a lot of really really good moments in act two this is very nitpicky but um that is kind of what I preferred I felt the exact opposite of you Mm -hmm. interesting yeah I had no problem with act two I feel like they just need to close a lot of the arc so not as expected but it was just like a really long build-up and really long intro into the real story um for me in that one so that's why I'm like "Eh, I feel like they could have just jumped right into it Mm. spare me all these details just start the story already I I get it you get it we get it but but obviously we have like different feelings towards it I think yeah for sure okay um so I think with that done maybe before closing it off I'll say one last thing um everybody which is the Backstreet Back. Uh, That song was clearly the winner in terms of the crowd favorite. Like if that was a prize, the crowd favorite will definitely go to everybody because everybody (laughs) was incredibly uh, like excited, ecstatic. The applause after that song, I think there was almost a standing ovation when we went. Really, really crazy. So I did not expect that, but I should have because it's a very iconic song. They did a really, really great performance. Yeah. Like everyone knows that song. I think it helps. You I know, think everybody, really. maybe it's my bias, but I think everybody is familiar with all the songs here. I did not know a lot of the songs, actually. Oh, you didn't? No. Oh, um, which one did you say that you were pleasantly surprised by or you wanted to listen to again after watching it? I don't know. No worries. Yeah, I don't really know. Hmm. But it's a, it's a funny story because I thought I totally thought Shape of My Heart was going to be from Sting, like Sting's Shape of My Heart. And I actually told Becky during intermission, I'm like, oh, I'm really looking forward to this song because it's like a song from that movie, Leon the Professional. It's such a good <laughs> movie. I really like the movie. I really like the song. And then turns out it's from Backstreet Boys. And I'm like, what the fuck? I, I totally thought it was going to be a different song, but I guess they also have a song with the same name. I just didn't know that's a thing. So when the song comes out, I'm like, that song's different than what I'm used to. But that's okay. It's still a good song. I just did not expect that. That's sad. I didn't realize. I thought like that was still the one until you just said it. No. You did mention (laughs) it to me. And you're like, I'm really looking forward to that. It's been in that movie, like you said. And I said, oh, I'm not familiar with the movie. I'm not familiar with the song. So let's see how I like it. Um. Regardless, I thought it was a good song, great placement for the song. Something that I really, really anticipated for them to do, and they haven't, is they had a line of dialogue where Shakespeare and Anne were discussing things. And I think it was Anne who told Shakespeare why you have to make everything so complicated. And I was like, (gasps) 
are they gonna do an Avril Lavigne song here and do Canadian <laughs> representing pride and like no 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 Avril Lavigne song no complicated oh that's fine yeah that was a little <laughs> bit disappointing is there any Canadian performance here um performer here no right I'm oh yes really yes 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 it. they do um can't feel my face I think that's oh we can't yeah yeah so uh Wiccan is Canadian um his show just got canceled like half an hour before it started because of a huge yeah. Rogers debacle <laughs> the day that we went to see Anne Juliet yeah it was a crazy day actually I guess yeah. like, everyone in Canada especially like probably know about this or you suffer from it and I definitely did but I didn't mind it. I'm like, just like, oh, I can't work, you know, guys. I'm no internet. And it just feels like a um, day off, kind of. Yeah. I hope nobody from my company is listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be pretty shocked if they can listen to it. At least for me. I never gave anybody besides my family, like, the name of the musical, <laughs> the, the podcast. Um, okay. How about the characters? We also mentioned it before. Okay, every time I say we also mentioned it before, it will be a lot of editing issue for you. But cut it <laughs> because I think I said it at least ten times. Uh, who is your favorite character? I really like Romeo. I feel like he's really funny. <laughs> yes, I'm biased. Like I love his first song, and we we talked about it. We like oh, he gives me the Steve from Stranger Things vibe. Yeah, where you know he's a little bit probably not the brightest probably not the smartest but but he's there like his heart to heart with Juliet was what really moved me and I'm like before I always see him as kind of like just like a comedic comedic uh, character he's there because he's supposed to be funny and stuff but mm-hmm. when he has that heart to heart and they have this beautiful scene when they like sit on this like swing thing and then there's like a moon and the night of Paris and everything was so beautifully designed I'm like, man, if I'm Juliet, I would totally fall for this. <laughs> Absolutely. No question asked. So I think he's a pretty good character. There is some fan work done in, in terms of his personality and stuff, but then a large part of him stay true to the original work. And that's what's brilliant about him. It's like I see him from the Romeo and Juliet Romeo, but it's not too far off, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, for both of them, I think there is quite a bit of work done, but in a way that is authentic to who they are. Exactly. And the answer of Romeo being our favorite and also Juliet was something that we both echoed. So Romeo is definitely going to be my favorite because Steve from Stranger Things is my favorite character. Um, so love absolutely everything they do, that they've done with him, especially since it's something that can be very difficult to come from. They stated several times that that he can and is a douche um but he is also very sincere in his douchiness and he's trying to be a better person to overcome any kind of like insincere behavior that he had before and he's trying to work on himself for the betterment of Juliet which I think is very very Mm -hmm. sweet He's obviously not the main character, but we'll start with him. Is there anything in particular you think that drew you to Romeo besides the fact that he is kind of a very lovable himbo? So I really like his dynamic with everybody he interacts with as well. 
usually a character can make a big impression or not so much. And I think we'll talk about characters who didn't make as much of an impression later on. But his interaction with uh, Shakespeare, his interaction with um, Juliet, of course, but also like everybody he comes in contact with, even like April, who doesn't really love him. They have a very cute thing going on. Um, And he just like is so sincere and obviously him in every single interaction he takes with um that's something that I really like maybe we should move on to somebody who had less of an impact with the interaction sure. who comes uh, to mind Frankie Frankie is a little bit of a he's a great character we'll put it that way this is very much nitpicky we're trying to figure out out of a cast of fantastic characters and really great dynamic experiences who delivered the least and in terms of plot and relevance to the story maybe characterization Frankie struggled a little bit he had some good moments of course with me um some really nice bonding moments with Juliet I definitely see like a very strong siblings relationship for example throughout all of that his conflict is kind of something that we've seen many times before and um I think that is probably the the issue with his character what why we've seen such a difference in uh how we connect to him because it's such a cliched conflict oh you know my father asked me to do one thing and I can't say no to him and then I overcome that and I'm able to fight for what I truly believe in fight for love stuff like that and they didn't really do any original spin on it like they've done with Juliet arguably and he doesn't have a strong enough character voice on his own to carry a cliched storyline. That is why out of all the characters in terms of characterization itself, I think he fell a little bit behind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what do you absolutely think? agree. I think his arc was just not the best. It's not bad, but at the same time, it's not very original. And as a character, he doesn't show a lot of personality per se. Like we get that that he's introverted and shy, whatever. But he's given this really weird song of what do you want from me? And that was really out of character for him because it's so aggressive. The song, it sounds aggressive. Like the message is is a little bit more aggressive. Like it comes comes up very strong and he doesn't give me the strong personality impression so I was really confused with his personality at that point but obviously it's like a happy ending yes he overcomes blah 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 like I don't hate him at all to be honest but I just don't care about him and I think that's even worse you don't you would go so much as to say you don't care about him even in context of me okay maybe in that sense I'll be like okay I care if they end up together or not but Mm -hmm. outside of that context I don't care about him at all I think I mean he's a nice to have like whatever um but he's not going to be the reason why I want to watch the show you know yeah I get that okay that is completely fair I think while he's not necessarily strong enough to carry the show in his own just in terms of a character voice he's not as distinct he has a very relatable and as I mentioned also very cliche arc that he's going through so I feel bad saying it and I do want to stress this is nitpicky the main context in which I care about him is just in relation to other characters rather than something that is intrinsic to himself so I care about May so I want to see May happy and I want their relationship to work out but I wouldn't necessarily actively 
fights <laughs> for them. So we were discussing before, they kind of like did a tease um, where Romeo and Juliet wouldn't necessarily end up together. And I was about to say, if that happens, they got me to ship Romeo and Juliet, even though I'm not a big fan of the story originally so much that if that happened, I were to dock an entire point from the final score. If May and um, Frankie didn't get up, didn't get together, I'll be very sad because I like May and I want her to, uh, them to be happy. But if they didn't happen, I wouldn't do the same thing. And I also like other romances like Lance and Angelique. They have a really, really cute factor vibe going on for the two of them. So even for them, I'd be really, really, really sad if they didn't end up together. But Frankie just doesn't have the same pull that other mm. characters do. While we're at it, maybe we'll cover the other character that didn't have necessarily the same exact pool. You know exactly which one I'm talking about. So do you want to take this from here? I don't really know who you're talking about, actually. April. Oh, okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we discussed April actually before Frankie. And then we're like, oh, what about Frankie? And we're like, oh yeah, he exists too. Yeah, he wasn't that compelling. So I think April also had a little bit more of issues. It's nothing that is actually like something I can necessarily point a finger and clearly say, oh, this was the one issue with April. But I think mm-hmm. holistically, all around like her actions and her thoughts even though they're justified they resonate a little bit less with the tone of the movie um in some places because she's a self-insert maybe as well she felt a little bit Mary Sue-ish especially in the beginning and then towards the end where she got more involved with her conflict with Shakespeare as Anne rather than April um she moved for like a different role that is more authentic I suppose but yeah, she had she had some grating moments. She had absolutely beautiful moments. Like like I said, the uh, moment that she had with Juliet before the wedding ceremony, I absolutely loved that. But she, out of all the cast, had the most iffy moments, in my opinion. Yeah, agree, agree. Yeah, I, I feel like I didn't really dig into April's character too too much because for me, she's just kind of there and it's really hard not to see her separated from Anne you know and the fact that she's there and she plays a much more important role in terms of Julia's story comparing to Shakespeare's role in I guess the story (laughs) it's just really kind of hard for me to like like her in that Mm -hmm. sense and I agree there's nothing like something in particular that's wrong about her and make you go like oh I really don't like this part about her it's just kind of like everything together I guess (laughs) for a lack of like more detail analytic skills maybe but yeah I I just couldn't I couldn't tell why I don't like her she's probably my least favorite character I agree with you she absolutely has moments when I appreciate but it just as a character she's not as likable as the other ones probably yeah is there anything that you think contributes to it for you hmm to me honestly I couldn't see her as Julia's best friend at all Mm. like I feel like there is this big gap between who she is as April or as Anne or whoever and, and Juliet, like I buy into Julia's friendship with May, but I couldn't see Anne or April being very genuine. Maybe that's the wrong word. I, I can see her being very genuine. I just don't buy their friendship very much. 
I also don't think of them as friends. So one of the gags there is obviously um, April is older. She's a mother. So uh, she is quite a bit older than Juliet, who is supposed to be 13. They age her up up to 20 um, by rewriting the plot a little bit. And April said, oh, let's rewrite my age to 20 as well, because Mm -hmm. in real life, she's older. And she definitely has a little bit more of a matronly role which the nurse already holds. So she doesn't have a lot of options (laughs) for what to go with. May and Juliet really have friends chemistry to an extent, just because May kind of stabbed her in the back. Um, But with April and Juliet, I get maybe like a close family friend. So somebody who's really close friend with one of the parents and saw Juliet growing up and um, has kind of like almost an aunt role mm-hmm. rather than anything yeah. else. Yeah, yeah, like an auntie. That's exactly. the feeling that I got. Definitely. Yes. And I think Juliet also treats her like an auntie mm-hmm. because when they have to enter the club, which is the moment that I didn't really gel with April's character uh April is the one to take charge and be like okay let's sneak in or let's do something so she's the one who takes charge in that kind of situation and obviously um Juliet goes to her for advice for things that like matter for like before wedding jitters stuff like that so every kind of relationship from Juliet's side that we have with uh between April and her also seem very very Mm auntie-like so it's not just one-sided yeah and I think it's also because that they don't have the same type of interaction that May and Juliet have. So for example, like you get to see them, like the bathroom scene in the party, for example, yeah. like they, they get to see this like, oh, they're partying together kind of, but they don't really have that for April and Juliet. So I'm like, she kind of disappeared, didn't she? During she did. the party scene. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Angelique had a really, really beautiful moment there. May had a beautiful moment, kind of like, probably May's strongest moment Mm -hmm. after that in my opinion their character becomes a little bit more one note it's just about their romance with Frankie and nothing else while in this early on we see more of their personal struggle more of what they're going through the journey to self-acceptance and um, believing that you can have bigger and better things from your life and Juliet was definitely there to support that journey even though ultimately I think they had to like come up to everything by themselves. Yeah. But yeah, April, April is okay. Shakespeare, I think for me is a little bit more likable than April slash Anne. Same. And I think it's because we see a little bit less of him and he has these like horrible puns that are very, very fun. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. And, he's and he very has to boastful. insert the, the, the yes. word well whenever. <laughs> He has to insert the word well, and he also quotes himself over and over again. He's like, that's something I coined, and that's another <laughs> thing I coined. And that's me, me, me. And I think um, it was during the wedding where Lance was saying, oh, I always say this, this, and this. And Shakespeare goes to him, and it's like, oh, really? That's what you always say. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I like that about him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's really funny. Yes. And... Uh, what do you feel about their romance? I think for me, besides the Frank May romance that I like just because I think they're cute together, Shakespeare and Anne were the other one that I cared less about out of the four. I like 
the premise for this so we were discussing this before again something for you to edit out but the way I saw this entire play is kind of like a big role-playing therapy for um, Shakespeare and Anne where they're posing as Romeo and Juliet and I like that premise a lot I thought that the way that the plots connect to each other the way that there is the parallelism between the different characters and then the final choices that they're taking are still quite different um, despite them being kind of like a role-playing way or self-inserts which weren't the actual self-inserts that they had which I thought was really 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 uh, brilliant I like that portion of it but the romance was also a little bit stale for me I didn't see a lot of cute moments which is something that I need in order to feel confident that it's working for them and that I see like a good future for them and I think that was the main issue that I had with the romance it's still good but not nearly as strong as the Romeo and Juliet uh, romance or the Lance and Angelique for me. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. I feel like what's really lacking for them. So <laughs> Romeo and Juliet, obviously the audience already know that they're a couple and we are also given some really cute, intimate moments between them enough that we will root for them, you know, that we care if mm-hmm. they are together or not. And May and Frankie, obviously, we see them from how, like, from the beginning. So how they meet, how they kind of got together, how they overcome the challenges. So it's a more complete arc from the beginning to the end. Yes. And for Angelique and Lance, like, it's more like it's funny. <laughs> so they're <laughs> there because it's funny. Obviously, there are, like, sincere moments as well. But mostly it's for the comedic effect, right? Mm-hmm. And for Shakespeare and Anne, we are not given any cute moment in us for us to care about them as a couple. We are being introduced to their marriage problem already without giving any context. Like, yes, we know they have the kids, like Shakespeare have to move, but none of this is shown to us. Like, it's, there's a big difference of being audience being told of what happened versus what you see what happened. So are you quoting show don't tell? <laughs> no what's that oh show don't tell is like the big one rule of like theater or like any any artistic thing it's like oh you know if somebody is in pain show that they're in pain don't tell us they're in pain that's a golden um, rule I, though but i don't i don't know about that. is that a show or is that like no um... no, no, no no it's a rule oh i misspoke <laughs> oh, okay 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 I was like, there's a, there's a musical. We should cover that next, but uh, (laughs) okay, sure. Um, Yeah. So see, like you're supposed to show the audience that. So when you're just being told, we don't care, like we don't really care. I like Shakespeare as a character. I don't really give a crap about Anne. Um, Oh, at all? No, I mean, not at all, but it's just less. Kind of like Frankie, you know, I don't really care about them. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) It's not like more strongly about Anne, I think, than Frankie. Okay. So I think because of that, her character is potentially better because she made more of an impact. And she also had, I think, a bigger like chunk of the plot. Maybe that's why. But if I had to rank them for whatever reason, I do think that Anne would be higher up in the hierarchy maybe than Frankie just because she did make an impact. Mm-hmm. I mean, there she has a lot of agency, that's for sure. But oh yeah, I mean yeah, like, <laughs> she wrote the story. Yeah, she wrote the play. So that's for sure. I agree 100 percent But I'm just saying that in terms of the romance that she has. Oh, with okay, she, okay, okay. We're talking about romance, right? Like I, I don't I don't really care about their romance because I'm I'm not giving enough context to care. On that note, in terms of um Frankie and May's 
romance. I buy it a lot more in Act One versus in Act Two.、Yeah. I have no idea why it all of a sudden like it becomes this. It it just feels really boring, kind of.、Yeah. It, it's a very one-sided cliche type of love love struggle that they have. Versus in Act One, they have this like little moments when they bump into each other in the party, like you know, these little things that make you go like, "Ah, that's cute." And in Act Two, is like. Really, less of that. The one song they have together is literally not not screaming at each other, but it's like kind of like a breakup song even. And、yeah. after that, it's like,、oh, okay, I choose May. It has to be May. That's a great pun, but like <laughs> that's it. You <laughs> it's know, it's gonna be May. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, that is true. So a lot of the romances I think worked really well in Act One. Obviously, Romeo and Juliet. Romeo only was revived by the end of Act One, so we'll only see that in Act Two.、Mm-hmm. Um, but really, really cute moments between Lance and Angelique as well. The romance for、um, Shakespeare and Anne, if you call it that way, like the marriage counseling between Shakespeare、mm-hmm. and Anne, that also ramped up a lot more in Act Two. So my hypothesis is maybe they focus on certain characters. Or romances and develop them more fully in Act One, and then distribute the rest in Act Two. And the ones that matter more in Act Two, because that's like the finale, that's what you close with. You need to make a strong impression then. So maybe that is the reason for that. I have to say though, I was a little bit disappointed thinking about retrospectively about how the、um, romance between or the conflict between Anne and Shakespeare ended so Anne bears her soul for the entire musical saying oh you know I feel neglected you don't care about me on all of your sonnets and plays and all the like prolific writing career that you have you never acknowledged or credited me with anything and there's only one potential sonnet which could be about me and it's not even confirmed so she clearly feels very very bad in the relationship she doesn't feel appreciated she doesn't feel loved and、um, the way that their conflict ends is just like oh yes I do love you and he sings her like a small song and after that they're good. And I don't think that's a big enough gesture, especially with the lack of cute moments that they had there, a lack、mm-hmm. of like dialogue between them. Even it's more one-sided and is just airing her grievances that、um, bothered me a little bit with the way that they、yeah. resolve their conflicts. It's like, yeah, I'm sorry, I do care. Now it's all good. Exactly. But I mean, I understand. It's towards the end of the show, and they can't really give them like longer screen time for that matter. But I just thought that. You know, you could have at least make it doesn't sound like just like a pure oh I'm sorry and then everything's all good kind of thing.、Mm-hmm. But even that way, I think other characters who have a very long lasting issue with another character. So, for example, let's take Frankie and Lance. So it's very very clear that Lance has been demanding from Frankie to get married for a very long time, and he is also very picky with Frankie's choice of、um, a partner. Mm-hmm. And、uh, Frankie, because of that, is really, really, really scared to introduce May to Lance because、um, he doesn't believe his father would approve. And we do see that he does approve as soon as he sees how pure the romance is between them and how much Frankie loves May. And I think for me, what really helped sell this is the contrast between him and、uh, Juliet's parents, who are. Incredibly horrible throughout the entire play. They never listen to her. They never take her wishes into account, and so much so that the, in the original, like 
uh, play, as we all know, she, she was driven to commit suicide. Um, you get to see their moment in the wedding right after Frankie calls everything off and uh, their moment with Juliet and then Lance and Frankie's moment. And you get to see how different they are. And I think the juxtaposition between the two of them is enough to make the romance, sorry, it's enough to make like the uh, reconciliation between Frankie and Lance okay for me and believable. And they were gearing up to do the same thing with the juxtaposition between Romeo and Juliet and Shakespeare and Anne, especially because they're right next to each other. This is pretty much what Act Two is all about. And they were very successful, in my opinion, with Romeo and Juliet, but less so with Shakespeare and Anne, even when they're right by each other. I think it works for them in other strategies, but not in this one. Mm-hmm. No, that's a good point. Yeah. Okay, so I did mention Lance and Julie quite a bit. Obviously, I'm a really, really big fan, a big fan of them. They're really, really <laughs> cute. I love, love, love what they have going on. And I really liked the uh, Teenage Dream Break Free. I thought it was really cute, especially since Lance was the one who was dream- uh, um, singing Teenage Dream. And obviously, Katy Perry sings it originally, so it's a female-led song. I think Break Free is a song that a guy sings traditionally. I'm not familiar that much with it every time that I visualize it in my head or I like try to sing it in my head there is a guy's voice so I think (laughs) (laughs) I think it is sung by a guy but I don't know I don't know um and they flipped the genders here which I thought was really really cute I like the way that they're like chasing after each other that they're like oh no what have I done um this is not like what I was gearing for this is not what I expected but I'm so drawn for to you that I can't help myself I thought so good and that's exactly what I wanted like in terms of the meet cute moments that they have like the two romances that did work you can see that they were so drawn to each other there's no other way and even with me and Frankie like you can see the attraction there and the uh, spark instantly with the characters of Lance and Angelique they're so cute they're so innocent I love it mm-hmm Okay. I don't think I feel as strongly about them as you do. I agree that they're cute and um, I enjoy watching them, but it's not like they're my favorite. <laughs> oh, I mean, yeah, they're not yeah. my favorite. Romeo and Juliet are my favorite. I know, I know. I know. But they're my second favorite. Yeah. They are not your second favorite? I don't know. It's like a weird tie. I, I, don't, I don't think I care too much, to be honest. <laughs> it's like... I have, in my opinion, like usually how I go about like a show or a story is like, like there are characters I care very, very much about and there are characters that are just kind of there. And for me, like most of these other characters are kind of just there. So mm-hmm. yeah, they definitely make up a, a good portion of the show. And like I said, I enjoy their songs or whenever they, they come up, um, their screen time, whatever. But it's not like gonna be something that, it's the most memorable for me, you know? So yes, they're cute, but I think maybe I'm just less drawn to like middle age man romance. Yeah, I'm like, okay, that's cute, but it's not that cute. (laughs) Really? I always think like, oh, you know, the older, like if they're grandpa, grandma age, that's so cute. If they're like later middle age, I think that's really cute as well. I like that kind of stuff. So maybe that's just me. But um, when you said that like you have characters that you concentrate about and then everybody else is just the the periphery, did you only like concentrate on Romeo and Juliet then? For this one? Yeah, probably. Okay. 
Interesting. Um, did you like the characters of Lance and Angelique? Yeah, I do. Otherwise, I wouldn't enjoy their songs. But um, I just feel like it's not that interesting, you know? I think they carried Angelique's role pretty well from the original. Like in the original, she was also very ride or die for Juliet. Mm -hmm. She did everything. And I think in this case, it's still very, very much carrying through. The character seems authentic to who she was, but with a little bit more of a comedic spin. And I think even in the original, she was a little bit more of the lighthearted role, a little bit more of the comedic role in a way, Mm -hmm. if that exists. Um, So I really like that they've done that. I like that they carried her over and... um, managed to insert her into the story and then just make it Juliet, April and May, because I think that would be lacking. That would be a very unbalanced dynamic. So for me, she really contributes a lot. Mm-hmm. For Lance, I like him just because I think he's a very, very funny character. I like the accent that he has. I like the clothing that they give him. And I really <laughs> like his voice. He has like a very operatic, opera trained yeah, he does. Um, he does. vocals, which is a really cute contrast for everything else. I think it also really fits with who his character is. Obviously, his character is very well off. And usually when people think opera, they think something a little bit more fancy. So I think it worked with his character really really well mm-hmm. should we talk about Juliet? sure I absolutely love her she mm-hmm. has a very strong vocal impressive yes. stunning I love it and as a character she definitely has the best arc very self-empowerment and again we talk about this I like how <laughs> in the end like, they didn't make her just like a super independent strong woman and that's it like I don't need love at all like she's able to make that choice be like okay I want to give another shot with Romeo and that's my decision it's not because of so-and-so tells me so and I'm not like strong blah 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 because so-and-so tells me so so I like it about them I'm like okay and probably because also I'm really rooting for their romance so I'm like oh man I really wish that they give them another chance and they do so it's it's really great that way I think she has really authentic and very supportive relationship with almost every character she interacts with she's very honest if you will um in terms of like exploring her own feelings and exploring and being supportive of other people's feelings as well I especially like her moment with May in May's song in act one I think it was like I'm not a girl not yet a woman so before that May's like oh he like she needs a moment and Julia gives that privacy to May and I love that it's like you know when to step back and when to like kind of give some room to other people and I think that's kind of rare because usually when you think of a good friend they're always physically present and having to emotionally support the other person they have to be there they have to like ask questions and so on and so forth but Julia is very willing to kind of give that room to other people to like that them take it in and maybe reflect now a little bit so <laughs> it's a very small thing, but that's why I like about Juliet as well. Yeah, I really love Juliet as well. When we're discussing who's our favorite character, I had to think really hard between Romeo and Juliet. And I think that's a hallmark of like an amazing music um, and musical because 
it's difficult, I think, to get me to care about them. And I absolutely do. The way that they um, change her character to have a lot more agency. And I think it's very authentic, even after Anne, because the moment when she broke the quill and then the characters were left to their own devices and stuff like that. So I really, really enjoy that. I love that she's essentially like a ray of sunshine. She is happy to help whoever she's interacting with. She's always down to have fun. Um, She's there to be supportive to other people this is a moment where she needs a lot of support from other people because she has a lot of crises going on in her life but throughout all of that she still finds it within herself to be a good friend and a great listening ear to whoever needs her to Frankie to May um, even to April when she opens up about her own marriage and gives her advice um it's clear that she felt confident enough and comfortable enough with Juliet as a as a person to open up with something that is so vulnerable so you can see that she's a fantastic person a great friend and so on uh which is something that I love about her we don't get to see enough of that she has a lot of maturity as a character despite being you know 13 slash 20 year uh, 20 something mm-hmm. year old <laughs> um which is something that I thought is really cute I really really love in act one how she's always ready to have fun and she's very very easy going about it um and not in a necessarily like party girl overbearing way in a very like authentic almost like excited excitable like child um way that never got to do anything in their life before and now they suddenly get to unwind but they still do it in like a not like crazy way which I thought was very very nice a good balance for her I love that her romance with Romeo is something that they discussed before and something that she's very honest and upfront about. She is great communicating. I think based on that, I foresee great future for her. And she is also like standing her ground, like, oh, I want this from you. Can you provide me with this? And when he says yes, that's when they proceed. Uh, so this is something that I think is very, very rare. We don't see very frequently. Um, something like everybody's talking about Jamie. I think that was a criticism from the movie that I had before. Oh, you know, this is a moment in time for him where he needs a lot of support, but we don't necessarily see him give a lot back to his environment, to like yeah. his friends and his mom. And that is the rule for a lot of teenage focused musicals. Mm-hmm. So seeing something like this is very refreshing for me. Mm, that's a great point yeah that's a good point I did want to mention this briefly I had to rewatch it just to make sure that I have the notes right and whatever because we obviously were very immersed in the experience when we went together and I was really shocked that May would do (laughs) what they did to Juliet but upon rewatch even though that Frankie and uh, May had the spark and May was clearly flirting the person who made the first move to give the first kiss was Frankie and not May oh so yes I don't know why I have that impression then I'm like I had the impression too yeah but I think so May what they said was like oh so you never had anybody else to compare so Frankie kissed like um Juliet and then Frankie was telling me oh you know I kissed a girl this was my first kiss and May was like oh so you never had anybody else to compare it to and that's like when they saw that's a very flirtatious line in my opinion but they were standing still and Frankie came up to me and kissed uh them and it wasn't the other way around so maybe because of that specific line that's the impression that we had but I had to rewatch it closely and make sure that it was that way I'm not saying that this makes it a lot 
better. It's still a little bit of a betrayal because Frankie clearly says to me that he's engaged to Juliet. And that means that that May knows about it and they still are continuing with their fight for each other and so on. I think May did try to come clean when uh, in act two, in the beginning of act two, but Juliet was so just like, constantly thinking about Romeo and about the fact that he's been revived to give May the chance to speak that that was like another issue why they weren't able to open up um, and have that heart to heart in which case I do believe that Juliet would have let Frankie go in a second in a heartbeat because yeah she doesn't feel very strongly about Frankie she just thinks of him as a friend and if her best friend like her really closest friend is in love with Frankie she would have let Frankie go in a second but um I did think it was a tiny bit iffy just because that's a little bit backstabby mm-hmm, mm-hmm. okay I'm glad that you bring that up then because I'm glad we are giving May the justice that um, May deserves because I always thought it was May who made the first move and I'm like oh what the dish move you know like you don't do that to your friend's fiance but okay Frankie, who's the real jerk here. No, I'm just kidding. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, okay. Good to know. What I'm also surprised about, and I just realized it, is does it mean that the first time that Juliet is hearing about the Frankie May romance in her wedding, when yeah. Frankie is like, oh, let's call the entire thing off because I'm in love with May. Yeah, I think Interesting. so. Interesting. She has a very good reaction. <laughs> I don't think she cares about... Thing. Frankie at a romantic level at all no but like it's still a betrayal in terms of me that is true that is true that's it that's what I expected her to care a little bit about Mm. I think she just yeah she's really upset that May didn't tell her but uh, yeah it's a happy ending they don't have more time they gotta like run through the Shakespeare and thing too so ta-da there we go (laughs) um do you want to talk about the costuming and the set I think this is probably one of the most impressive like costuming set I've ever seen um they had like five six costuming changes for Juliet for several of the characters like Anne had a good amount of costume changes May had costume changes Romeo had them um a lot of character got a lot of costume changes they had beautiful set pieces um they had like a revolving stage um both revolving and lifting up uh, of the stage which was a really good moment especially when they were traveling to Paris and um they just had like very famous Parisian landmarks on their way. Um, they had like, which I love to see, I was looking for it specifically. They had um, a little like Mickey and Minnie Mouse ears for one of the people <laughs> who were uh, posing as props. I was like, yes, Disney represent. And um, they had like Eiffel Tower, obviously, and all these like really important landmarks that was used very effectively. They had um, the lowering and the raising of the stage when characters disappeared or died so for example Romeo's funeral when Julia disappeared after Roar like you said that was used very effectively then and um they had a lot of like movable props so there was a huge sign of and Juliet which you would expect because obviously you would want to have the sign for the pictures and for um people to see it on the stage and have like an instant familiarity with what the musical is and then 
that's usually what it is like for most musicals but for this one they actually incorporated a tiny little joke in the end um that works with the music too and that was absolutely brilliant and it's Romeo and Juliet was the title and then Juliet asks to make Juliet first so it will be Juliet and Romeo and uh, Romeo asks why and then Juliet is like because I want it that way and that's when they changed the position of the uh, of their names and I love that I thought it was really really clever they had like cannons with confetti the whole thing the whole lot is just amazing um, and it really contributed to like the vibe the um the feeling of the crowd like you can see that they went wild whenever the glitter was just like in the air and the confetti was in the air and uh they had all these like effects during the show mm-hmm. you literally cover everything so is there a costume that you like specifically I thought the dress that Julia wears before the wedding was really nice. Yes. I was kind of hoping that was going to be the wedding dress, Um, but it wasn't. I'm not a big fan of her wedding dress, but that's fine. Yeah. And what else? I wasn't actually a big fan of her outfit in the first act, but I thought it was The little like bubble skirt Yeah. Yeah, the mini pink bubble skirt. Yeah. I didn't like that. I liked her dress before, though, because I was like, oh, they're going like to commit to the period costuming in a way, but make a spin on it. Because she had a lot more like of a flowy gown, something that you used to see in all the like Romeo and Juliet um, plays. And the way that she kind of like changed her outfit afterwards, that's, oh, this is the final nail in the coffin. This is not going to be anything like it. Mm-hmm. But I liked the dress from the beginning because it yeah. wasn't like the standard one you see. There was still a spin on it, mm-hmm. but it was instantly recognizable still. Yeah, for sure. Did you like um, the boy band outfits? <laughs> I thought it was really nicely done. Right? It has the um, the color code that they're sticking to, but everyone's outfit is so different. And that's yes. amazing. I like Romeo's the most. Yeah, of course. Yeah, It really suits him. <laughs> I think so. I think so. He definitely gives me that rocker-ish vibe. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it definitely suits him. Okay, what else? What else? Is there something else we want to discuss if we're ever hold our peace? Um, I think that's probably everything. And I think it's super obvious that obviously we enjoy the show so, so much. And yes. <laughs> everything about the show just screams really, really well done from like the costume to, uh, to stage design, from the songs to character, from the plot to like just whatever. Everything about it was just really nice. It was really enjoyable. I almost, I even laughed during the, the show. Even? Oh, no. Uh, no, no, because no, I like literally actually making a sound <laughs> I don't know yeah usually I don't like to make any sounds during the performance but I like literally laugh I was like ha and I was like oh covering my mouth hopefully Becky didn't hear that but yeah oh I mean it's good I think it's better to have that kind of interaction like if I see that the audience is really into it as long as they're not like singing in the background or whatever or being rowdy if they're mm-hmm. really into the performance they're cheering they're like they're clapping all that kind of stuff they're interactive that makes the performance a lot better in my opinion Okay, that's true. That's true. Like, if I see people or hear people in this case, like, audibly laughing out loud, like, that means that they're really engaged. Something is really, like, good in there. There is probably a really nice, like, atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Everybody's feeling really giddy. And, um, yeah, I think for me, at least, that's, like, a hallmark of a really, really good show and a good time, usually. Mm, okay, okay, okay. Good to know. I guess it's probably just because I try not to. Um, just out of respect, I guess. Like, I was being taught like 
family education whatever um but <laughs> usually my parents be like yeah no don't make any noise like you mean to be respectful but yeah I agree especially in the context of the show like this um engagement is always better so yes if you go to see it just enjoy it while you can <laughs> yes I mean yeah. obviously you can still still see it in Canada until August 14th in Toronto and it is as we mentioned transferring to Broadway I think it's transferring either the end of 2022 or the beginning of 2023 so relatively soon um there's an Australian tour coming up and it's still on West End so you have a lot of options is what I'm saying awesome yeah I'm probably going back to see it just because I think it's really fun me too but yeah it's definitely worth it I wanted to see it the day after um so we went to see it on Friday and then we're recording Sunday so I wanted to see it Saturday but I had um, my friend's birthday party so I was literally gone the entire day I was really really sad I was like should I cancel um <laughs> going with them to the mall to pick an outfit for her before um and I was like would it be horrible if I cancel on you guys and they're they were like yes come with us to the mall I was like okay, okay fine I'll come um but and then I'm going to Edmonton yet again to see my family Yay! um so I will be returning in time for before the show closes again so I'll definitely be seeing it once over but I think once again if it wasn't clear enough the sign that we both are 100% intent on going and I want to return literally the next day you can probably think that our review and the final ranking will be pretty positive yes for sure okay I haven't done this uh, next portion before this is the only quiz that I found that sort of fit which this is the second time that I'm really surprised like I know that a lot of people have been talking about the show just like a lot of people have been talking about everybody's talking about Jamie but no quizzes so this is the closest thing it is specifically after and Juliet um but it's not which character are you do you want to introduce it sure so this is create a playlist and then we'll reveal which Shakespearean character you are most like all right time for the first track so let's get this party started choose an absolute banger to kick off to kick it off so we have Kesha Blow uh NSYNC it's gonna be me <laughs> Jesse J Domino Ariana Grande break free oh my god I love all of these mm. Domino <laughs> if it's a party I think either blow or it's gonna be me it's gonna be the crowd pleaser in this case so just because it's a party context I'll go with blow I think okay no playlist is complete without a classic Britney tune so the options are baby one more time I'm not a girl not yet a woman overprotected oops I did it again I have no idea, but <laughs> um, maybe one more time. Yeah, same. It's time to get in your feelings. Pick a ballad to make us weep. Ariana Grande ghosting. Britney Spears every time. Backstreet Boys show me the meaning of being lonely. Pink, who knew? Pink. Yeah, I used to have a pink phase, you know? Yeah, same. Um, okay, now for something sexy. Katy Perry, I Kiss a Girl, The Weeknd, Can't Feel My Face, Demi Lovato, Confident, Britney Spears, If You Seek Amy. How's Can't Feel My Face sexy? Uh, I Can't Feel My Face When I'm With You. <laughs> um, uh, I honestly don't know. I can't remember old, like, 
aside from can't feel my face i can't remember all any of these songs sounds you like. can't remember i kissed the girl no oh okay were you not a katie fairy fan not really mm, got it i mean i know a lot of her songs but i just don't know this one that's um, fair all right you're because going with can't that, feel my face. No, I'm going with Kenny Perry. <laughs> why not? Right? <laughs> Whatever. It's a very iconic song. And okay. I was deliberating between that one and If You Seek Amy. I really love If You Seek Amy. So I'm going to go with that. Okay. Um, are you familiar with... Sorry, I'm asking it. Tell me if it's annoying. But are you familiar with that? No. I remember it was such a big deal because people are like, oh, if you if you seek Amy spells out fuck. And uh, that's back in the day where like people had to hide the cursing inside the music because it was really like ah. untowards. Um, and people at least in like elementary school or like middle school or whatever, they're like, oh, my God, this is so bad. And there was a lot of hype around it. <laughs> Uh, we're feeling a Katy Perry moment coming on. Which Katy head are you putting on? Teenage Dream, Dark Horse, Last Friday Night, Roar. I know which one you're choosing. <laughs> oh, you do? Yes. What would that be? Roar. <laughs> okay. Uh, sure. Oh, what what were you thinking between? I don't know. I mean, I know all of these songs, which proud of me. Yay. Yay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I wasn't I haven't decided but I'm like oh if Becky already decide for me sure <laughs> that's the last time this is <laughs> <laughs> no come on it's all good what about uh, you teenage dream okay there is a great cover from this from Glee by the way um a playlist is not complete without a breakup anthem you know what to do pick one Katy Perry part of me Britney Spears stronger Ariana Grande problem Kelly Clarkson since you've been gone these are so good Kelly Clarkson I am really deliberating between Ariana Grande and Kelly Clarkson I really love Ari she's amazing um but I have to go with uh, Kelly Clarkson like since you've been gone iconic yeah and finally choose an epic closing track Backstreet Boys everybody Demi Lovato cool for the summer that's such a good song Ellie Goulding love me like you do I actually hate that song Kelly Clarkson my love would suck without you um Backstreet Boys because why not I am deliberating really hard between everybody and cool for the summer I love cool for the summer (sighs) go for Mm. it no, I'm gonna go with everybody as well. It's yes, really... join the party, Becky. <laughs> Who'd you get? I got Romeo. <laughs> Me too. Okay. Do you want to read out? Sure. The good news is that you're beautiful, intelligent, and passionate, but you can also be impulsive and immature. Sure. Um, <laughs> don't be too hard on yourself, though. Oh, and avoid elaborate plans involving poison. They won't end well for you. Yay! We both got our favorite character. Yay! That's <laughs> awesome. Hasn't happened in a while. I know, right? Yeah. Okay, so now with that out of the way, should we proceed to our final rankings? Sure. Um, okay, so I am going to give it 9.5 out of 10 family concerts. Ooh, that's a good one. Thank you. I'm going to give it 10 out of 10. It's going to be Maze. Okay. 
Okay, so with those glowing reviews out of the way, <laughs> if you want to discuss anything related to Anne Juliet uh, with us, anything that we've covered in the past, or you want to give us recommendation for what to cover next, if you want to give us recommendation for what to cover next specifically, it is very tragic, and I think I will be taking um, a great amount of suffering within the next few weeks because Claire announced her intentions of making my life very miserable and uh, deciding to. Do very dark yeah quote unquote it's gonna be dark dark shit that's a quote from the musical <laughs> it is, it is. Not in the know. um so feel bad for me and um if feeling bad for me is driving you to action please communicate with us through social media you can find us at podway podcast on instagram twitter and reddit if you're not a social media person to be honest neither are we you can um reach out to us through our email at podwaypodcast at gmail.com if you have it in your big ginormous heart to leave us a review that would be really nice of you um you can do so on spotify or anywhere else you're listening to us through you know cheeky five-star rating will be great or even just a review of the show will help other people find us out it will help the algorithm boost us up a little bit and grow the community so we'd love that um but yeah thank you very much for listening everybody and bye